Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been here. It's the Black Country Blokes, tuning up with me, Kev Dillon, Tom Garrett, Lee Cadman, and Sean Paul Johnson. Now, Sean's come on today to tell us all about his life and what a colourful life he's had. From being a bugger to being in trouble to being homeless, being in jail. And the message he really wants to bring out today, everyone's after this reputation. When you've got it, how hard it is when you've got it and how bloody hard it is to get rid of it. So, Sean, thank you, bro, for coming on. I hope you guys are doing well today. Yeah, we're doing good, yeah, bro. Good, man. It could always be worse. It certainly could. So, Sean, let, let's talk about your life. Let's talk about where it all started going wrong. Let's go, let's go down that route. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, a lot of people are under the assumption that I have a, a little bit of a rough upbringing or, you know, bad parents or, or things like that. And I, I really didn't. So, my... My raising was actually a really good one, and I was a rebel without a cause when I was really young. Um, I, I kind of had, I had a few issues, like I was getting bullied a little bit when I was younger, but it wasn't dramatically big. And it was just kind of, when when I was very young, unfortunately, our family was made homeless. And up until this point, we lived in a pub. We had a lot of income. I had every toy on the, under the sun that you could imagine, and... I didn't know what troubles was. I thought I had troubles, but I didn't really. I just made my own troubles in my own head. Um, and then, then, as I say, when I got to the age of about eight or so, unfortunately, we lost our home and we lost everything. And then that was the first time in my life I really experienced what troubles were. But nonetheless, I wasn't being raised in an adverse environment. I was still being raised by loving parents. I still had lots of people as a network trying to support us the best they could um but i felt really hard done by and i wasn't i wasn't um as, as life has progressed um i got to a teenager and then the bullying on me started to really really hit because we we managed to find a home when i was about 13 or so um i was settling down into school i started piling on lots and lots of weight because well i could eat why, why not eat? Um, so I went into school, started to get bullied for, the, uh, bullied for the size of me. And instead of me taking that bullying and putting my head down, I really reacted badly to it. And I started taking out on every big lad out there, every every hard lad. And I, I started fighting with them all. And every time I saw a bully bullying someone else, I'd pick, I'd pick a fight with that bully. And I soon got a bit of a reputation for myself as going from that homeless kid who got bullied and was a bit fat to that kid that he didn't mess around with. As I got a little bit older in life, that, that reputation for being a kid you didn't mess around with got me in a lot, a lot of trouble and I tried to kill somebody. And when I was 18, unfortunately, I went off to prison for attempted murder. Um, I got out of prison and I wound up, through a series of a few different events, wound up in with the, the wrong few crowds. And 
after a couple of years after getting out, I wound up hanging around with people who were drug dealers and people who weren't the best of crowds. But these are the kind of people who I've always looked at growing up and thought, I want a reputation like him. I want nobody to mess around with me and not even to look twice at me because if they never look twice at me, I don't have to prove myself by fighting. They just take one look at me and think I don't want to get involved with them. So I started hanging around with these kind of people. These kind of people were busy selling coke, selling weed, selling everything you can imagine. I was never a drug dealer, never into selling stuff. But I was just that idiot who's stupid enough to turn around to these lads and say, if anyone doesn't pay you, you come to me. And they did. They come to me. And I, I used to go and sort out the debts from them and make sure they were paid up all the time. I wasn't really interested in taking the drugs from them. I just wanted money. I just wanted to hang around with the, the big crowd. So, again, that, that accidental thing come where my reputation got way out of control. And my, it was beyond my hands. And I wasn't fighting people to make myself look big. It just just swapping that. The crowds of lads I was going fighting, I was, I was going to pick in a fight with four lads who were all coked off the reds. And we're all known as handy fighting lads. And I was going pasting them, going straight through them all. Um, all of this, eventually, eventually, I led, led to a point where I was running my own pub. Um, and while I was running it, there was lots of drugs going through my doors, lots of fights going on all the time, where people were just avoiding me like the plague. Um, it can be very um, lonely then, though, can't it, Sean? It can. This this is what it's all leading to as to why I'm talking to you guys about this. And what what a lot of people don't get about me is I had this front, this image where just Teflon, everything bounced off me. I don't care if you're my friend, I don't care if you like me, I just didn't give a fuck. But I did. And, and the thing is, the more I wanted to know people, to get to know someone well, you've got to give them a good impression of yourself. But in my head, to give everyone a good impression of yourself meant I was surrendering a little bit of my reputation, my image I've spent years gaining and growing. And so I never, ever give in with that. I never give them a nice guy persona of me. I always give everyone that, that dickhead persona of myself. And it was getting me by just about. The only reason it was getting me by is because I had enough money in my pocket to float everyone hanging around me. Um, unfortunately, again, when I had the pub, one day it come around to me being homeless again, um, and I lost lost the pub, lost lost a lot of things. But when it when that hit, I literally rung everyone I knew who was all my regulars in the pub, all of my friends, rung them all and said, "Listen, I've, I've lost my place for living. I need a couch to stay on for about a month. I've got a job lined up. I just need to get to my first paycheck, and I can use that to go and put as a deposit on a house. I can carry on with my life, and nothing will be affected." It's amazing how I had 300 customers in my pub every week who all wanted to buy drugs through me, who all wanted a tab on my bar, who all wanted to know Sean, the big man at the bar, the guy who'll look after us if a fight comes around. They all wanted to know me then. The second I was on my arse, no one wanted to know me. And I, I as well, was still at this mindset of I'm too proud to reach out and ask people for help who I don't necessarily know and I don't really want to speak to strangers about the problems that I've got going on, especially the mental health problems, because I was suffering. I, I put myself on a pedestal and then got knocked down. Um, like I said, a lot, a lot of what people don't understand about the guys who are on top all the time, they look on top and they look like they could never have issues, but, but the actual pressure under remaining on top, always being that top dog, always being mentally alert and 
like like I was always on edge for people who walked into my bar because I thought, are these people I've had a fight with in the past? Are these people going to cause trouble? Are these people here to test my reputation? And so I was always slightly on the aggressive front with people, but always on edge mentally. Um, when it comes to relationships, I was always distrusting of my people I knew around my partners because I was always thinking, are they trying it on with her just to get one back at me? And, and you know, your life starts to unravel when you, you're of that mindset all the time. Um, I wish I wish to God I'd have just like started opening up a little bit and started speaking to people a little bit more. Because this is why we started this off, and this is brilliant having and it, this is what's quite having like blokes like yourself on who these big tough men with this reputation who known in the book, and it's getting these the, the, the people to realize no matter how big bad you are, we feel lonely, we feel sad, we feel anxious, and you know, whether it's um trying to protect yourself from the world, but really more protect ourselves, more isolated we become, and that's where the problem really fester, isn't it? That is a hundred percent right. And if anyone at all, even just one single person out there at the moment, is listening and thinking it's a sign of weakness to go and speak to somebody, trust me, it's not. It makes you a weaker person by not opening up. I I have ex- uh, exploded out at people through no fault of their own, through the problems I've had going on in my own head, and I've made out it's other people's faults and snapped with people and I've imploded inside my own head on the thoughts that I've got because I wouldn't simply just talk about what's going on. If I'd have gone and sat and discussed things with people years ago, months ago, weeks ago, days ago, there's always a point where you can always go and talk to somebody about it, whether it be someone you know, a stranger. There's, there's help out there as far as strangers. Like I said, there's the Samaritans, there's organisations like yourself, there's, there's people out there, but there's always somebody close to home as well. And Sean, you mind me asking, do you think if you'd have spoke out earlier, your path in life would have changed at that time? Or do you think you'd have too, too stuck in that way to, to actually change it? I definitely think there'd have been... There's been less of an impact on me personally in terms of, like like I said, me being homeless and things like that, because, uh, for a second time now, because how do you have spoke to people and been a little bit more open with people instead of making all these pressures in my own head, I wouldn't have been so aggressive with people all the time. And then when it come around to me losing my pub and things, when I said I need a coach to stay on, the reason people wouldn't put me up is because they just thought, oh, he's going to be nothing but trouble. He's going to come to my door and, and bring that reputation with him. And people wanted to avoid that. I completely understand that. So I'd have opened up a little earlier in life. And maybe them stresses and pressures wouldn't have been there. And when it come around to me needing help, I think people would have been there for me. But I created my own monster, really, by pushing people away. Eventually, when I did decide I wanted it and asked for it, people weren't as willing to be there. Um, which, which you know, it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, that, isn't it? So the sooner you open up and the sooner you ask for help, the more help you get. The longer you avoid asking for it, the less help you are going to get, and and it's just it's a sad cycle to to say out loud. But that's that's my personal experience. I'm not saying that's true for everyone, but that's that's how I found life anyway. And how did you find it on the street from the, uh, the second time? That was that was really tough. That I mean, from a physical perspective, um, I'd gone from having so much money in my hands all the time that I was living off takeaways three times a day. And I was going from that to eating out of bins. I'd gone from nearly 15 stone 
to around about eight stone, nine stone. I'd lost a lot. Um, I'm type one diabetic, and I wound up losing a, a lot of um, lot of weight and a lot of health through that. Because of the time that I was living on the streets and not eating and not taking medication, unfortunately, I've wound up becoming an amputee through it. I've lost uh, lost one of my feet through all of the health problems that come on. But mentally, every day was tougher and tougher and tougher because because at first I was just so adamant that I am bigger and more above these mental health problems, so I'm not talking to anyone about it. That. I eventually become to a, come to a point where I, I knew I was I was lowly and quite um, like bottom feeder, if you know what I mean. I was I was the one living on the streets then, and then so so low down in my own self esteem that I didn't want to talk to people because I was embarrassed of myself to to speak to people, and so the tables had flipped from thinking I was too good to thinking I was too bad, and. At no point should anyone ever think they are either too good or too bad for anything. Because mental health doesn't care what status you have in life. It doesn't care how much money you've got. It doesn't care whether you're the millionaire sat there eating off golden plates in China or whether you're the person who's living on the streets. It doesn't care. And without without the opening up, because I, I took a, a horrible, horrible battle over the last couple of years with everything that's going on. Right at this moment, I'm, I'm I'm on a path trying to climb out of it, and I'm not I'm not quite there. I'm not I'm not a person who's got my life sorted out at all. It's just I'm starting to get out of it. Um, and the only way I'm getting out of it is by opening up to a lot of people and starting to talk to people about stuff that's going on. The amount of other blokes who's who's in similar positions to me is unbelievable. I've had people left, right, and centre messaging me saying, "Actually, I'm going through this." And I'm now on antidepressants. I'm now seeking counsellors. I'm now seeking holistic therapies. Um, I was completely unaware that so many people were in the same boat because there's so many of us that hide it. But once you start opening up, you realise you, you're not the only one. And not only can you get help, you can help others as well by just talking. I think the thing is with mental health, Sean, is anyone who's got mental health, we've got a bloody brilliant way of poisoning it. We have that good of a mask, but you never know. And then because he's it so well, then he goes and does something he can never come back from. Well, yeah, I think I think there's a there's a certain point where hiding something and putting on a mask, the mask eventually gets glued to your face, doesn't it? And yeah. when you can't tell the difference between what, what you're faking and what you're actually doing anymore it's a scary place to be isn't it when you you're hiding behind your, your emotions so you put on false ones and one day you wake up and think are these false emotions really what i'm actually thinking um it's very deep that isn't it eh? no but it's bang on bro and i think i think with these kind of characters you know it's and as you said you don't realize how many let's call them scallywags there are out there anything no way on earth is he feeling all that because he's the baddest man in the room. But as you said so beautifully put, it, mental illness is like cancer. It, 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 it can affect anyone. No matter, you're a triathlon, you're an Olympic boxer. Cancer can grab you, like mental illness can grab you. It doesn't care how much wedge you've got in your pocket or what you're doing for a living. If It, it, it affects all of us. Lee, have we had a, have we had a comment? Uh, we, we, yeah, I think uh, we we spoke off air about uh, your accent. I think people are trying to work out where where you're from a bit, Sean. <laughs> so, uh, James put up. Um, are you from Manchester? So, um, from I actually, everywhere? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I'm from here, there, and everywhere. At the moment, I live in a town called Wigan, which is not too far from Manchester. Um, 
a lot of my family are from Salford as well, so if she's picking up on the Manchester accents, it might be a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, he's definitely, not, he's definitely not a yam yam. It's not like us. <laughs> I think that's, that's about the only place I haven't lived, but I figure I can visit there virtually with you lads tonight, can't I? Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely yeah. around here. <laughs> I'd, I'll take your word on that. <laughs> even, even the pigeons fly upside down if they're worth shitting on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in the real world, we're going to have to pop down, see the club, come into the studio and see what we're doing there. I'd definitely love to get up there and uh, see what your lads are doing and maybe we can uh, see if any of your lads are any good at boxing, eh? Boxing against yeah. a one-legged man. <laughs> <laughs> but you, when you went to prison, you said you were 18 for attempting murder. I was. I was 18. I wound up going up when I was about 21. Uh, served three and a half years or so. Um, it, it was quite, quite a big moment there in my life. That, that all come about. Again, it's down to not talking to people. My... My stepdad died, um, and my best friend got stabbed to death on a night out in my arms, um, all within about three or four weeks of each other. Um, and then I, I was just kind of losing my head a little bit, and then I found out the girl I was with was pregnant. And we'd sort, we sort of worked really serious at that time, and we did wind up getting a bit more serious, but... At that time, she was just someone in my college course who was just sleeping with a bit. And all of these things started compiling on top of me. And then one night, I had a lad around me house who was one of my best friends at the time. Had a few too many to drink. I got in a bit of an argument. And for, for one reason or another, I asked him to leave my house and he swung a punch at me. And I come back in and I laid into him, absolutely laid into him. But I tried killing him and I didn't stop. And to, to this day, the only reason I stopped is because I thought he was dead. I didn't stop because I thought I'm going to kill him. I thought I've already killed him. And I remember on that night that my head was so far gone that I didn't even panic or anything like that. I just stood up and calmly went in the house, made myself a glass of water, nice and calm. And I picked up the phone and I rung the police and I said, I think I've just killed someone. And then once I rung up on the police, uh, from the police, I instantly rung an ambulance for the lad and I said, I think I've killed him, but I think you better come out and check on him just in case. Now, as I was on the phone to the ambulance, he started coming round and coming to, so I dragged him by his legs through my house, left a big pool of blood, dragged him to the front of the house so the ambulance could find him, and he lost pints and pints of blood. Again, all of that was pent-up anger and pent-up just thrashing out at someone. And how can you justify trying to kill someone? It's just, it's just not right at all. And all over, a few too many drinks, a few too many pent-up bits of anger in me, and instead of just turning around to anyone, anyone at all, and saying, fucking hell, this life is hard, isn't it? When, just, did you start, <laughs> when did you start coming to terms with that, like when you were in prison, or did it over the last couple of years? Um, to be honest, it's only been very recently I've started to come, come round to the idea that of, of of thinking back as to why I've done things I've done. Um, I, I've always been a very much forward-thinking kind of guy, and so I tried killing someone in the past. And I, I'm very dismissive of things, but it's not as dismissive as it sounds. Like. Is it just coming out with a statement of I tried killing someone? It's huge, isn't it? It's not a tiny little thing. So since I've started having hardships in my own life, I've started looking back and thinking how many hardships have I caused for other people? Um, and I, I live in regret, a lot of regret. Um, there's, unfortunately, there's people like the lad here. To, he'll, he'll never ever speak to me. His family won't speak to me. And they won't accept an apology from me if I attempted to. Um, 
but that doesn't mean that I should just give up on my future path and trying to correct other people's paths who might go down the same road as me. Um, so, so it's yeah, it's only been really recently over the last last few months that it's very, it's been a very humbling experience I've had over the last year between being homeless and losing my leg, and I've had coronavirus as well. Um, I, I think when you when you start to get dealt a few hands, you start to look at your life and think, is this how other people feel every day? And have, have I been part of this at some point in my life? Have I been a cause of how people feel like this? And, just a horrible idea that I've made people feel as shit as I felt recently. But I think, look, we, we can't do anything about the past. You know, I've said this to a lot of my friends. The past has happened. We can only try our best to make the future brighter. So instead of giving back, we've got to give forward. As you're doing it, give your knowledge. So hopefully you can help another Sean, Lee, Kev, Tom from making those same decisions. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. If I, if, if I can convince just one young lad out there at this minute who sat with a hammer tucked up the side of his sleeve or buying knuckle dusters online because he thinks it looks cool if i can convince one of them that you just you're setting a bad life for yourself though you're laying out the tracks for horrible future if i can convince one person and everything i'm doing is all right and that, um because it's not it's not necessarily the person who carries the knuckle dusters that i'm concerned about it's all the people that they affect and i don't just mean the victims of violence, for example. I mean, like with me personally, my mum had to watch me go to prison for three years. My partner had to give birth to a son without me there. My jobs in all futures have been ribbing because I have to tell everyone I've been to prison in the past for trying to kill someone and God knows how many jobs I've been turned down for, which is, has put me in positions in life where I was forced to take hands of walking with drug dealers instead of going to take another legitimate career. And the knock-on effects and the ripples of the the stones we throw is unbelievable so it doesn't just affect these young lads at the moment that i'm trying to get through to it doesn't just ruin their lives things things are ruined for not, not just there and then either it's, it's years to come things are ruined um so as i say at, the, at this moment i'm trying to reach out to young and young violent lads who most people would turn their backs on in society I was that guy and hopefully I can go and talk to him and say, look at me, I've I've paid the fucking price for, for doing this. And don't get me wrong, I've had the rewards that I wanted. I wanted to be known as a big man and I got known as that. It's not worth it. <laughs> it really isn't. Did that um, reputation follow you into to prison, Sean? Um, when I was in prison, hardly anyone knew me. And because I was a young lad, I walked in and imagined the... We all know it. When you were in high school, there was always that dickhead of the year, wasn't there? That, the cock of the year, as we call him. Um, and his mates, there, there was always that two or three people. Now, imagine taking them two or three people from your high school and my high school and his and theirs and everyone and putting all of them knobheads together. Everyone wants to be the biggest, hardest person in a group of biggest, hardest people. And one of my, one of my friends said to me recently, um, don't be the arsehole in a room full of dicks. <laughs> that's that's, that's kind, of, kind of what prison's all about and, and I walked in there swinging my shoulders a little bit and my very first night I wound up having a fight with this guy whose arms were about the size of my head and I pasted him, absolutely battered him everywhere as soon as I battered him I walked out and, and I thought I was big and I was great until I realised he had about 20 mates with him <laughs> I wasn't so big then <laughs> uh, I got pasted, I absolutely got pasted um, 
Reputation. It's this. It's, it's that thing you strive for, and it only works so long as you're around people who know who you are. You move one town over, you move ten minutes down the road, you move two streets away. No one knows who you are. No one gives a flying fuck because they've got their own town with their own man and their own reputation that they already know. And unless you're willing to fight that man and get yourself a new reputation, then they don't know who you are. And you know, then if you look at that, you could spend your entire life fighting just just for the rep. I'm of the age now where I I don't I don't go out looking for fights. I nor do, do I avoid fights. I'm kind of that midpoint where if somebody comes looking for a fight with me, I know I can do it, and I know I can back my hands up. But because of that, I don't instantly jump out of the stool and I'm sat in to paste them. I sit back a little bit and I wait to see how much they're going to say to me before I have to jump up and hit them. And the the guy who I was ten years ago was the guy who thought jump up it and prove prove you can do it, and then they'll never say it again. So yeah, it's a reputation. It's it sort of follows you and it sort of doesn't. It's the times you want it to follow you and you want to be able to put your reputation ahead of you so you don't have to have a fight. It's not really though. And the times you don't want it to follow you, like in terms of career and things like that, it does it follows you every step of the way. So it's it's a bit of a odd one. And the thing is reputation. Fear and love are miles apart, aren't they? As you said, like people will fear you and they'll come and have a free drink off you or a free bag of this and know you'll always have the back. But when you need them, that, that love just isn't there, is it? No, no, it's not. It's. Uh, I think I've I'm misinterpreted friendship and loyalty for uh, fear and generally just just people like I say knowing my reputation. I I've got all of that misconstrued in a washing machine of thoughts and feelings in my head, um, and now I'm starting to separate what is what. Um, as I say, as I, as I'm getting a little bit older realizing the wrongs i've done in life and, and who i've wronged um so yeah like i said like, like you just said love, love and hate is, is miles apart aren't we yeah miles apart lee is there anything you want to chime in with uh sorry mate we've lost we've lost tom i was just seeing his team not getting back on um but now it's a fascinating story sean and uh thank you for coming on um I feel like we've kind of we've 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 ran through your story. In all honesty, I think there's a lot more in there, isn't there? Um, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think after after twenty, well, like I said, this all started when I was about eight, and I'm now thirty. So after twenty two years of this path running down, we've gone over it in twenty five minutes. It's you've got to kind of skip a few steps and take a few back every now and then, but you get the general idea. I mean, as the famous. Uh, German poet Rolkin once said. Oh, don't don't you say a quote now, Sean, because that's how I would have ended it on. You save that quote. Save that oh, quote. No, I'm not allowed to say a quote. <laughs> I say quote all day long, me, my friend. Totally <laughs> quotes off me. Because, I mean, the interview isn't over yet because it's wonderful what you are doing. A, what you're doing on Instagram. And if you'd like to know, let people know how they can find you on Instagram, please. Um, yeah, my, my Instagram username is eightball.johnson.1 and if you go on there you'll see me touching on some mental health subjects but I am about to launch a new page which you will see through through that previous one soon but on that one it's all about cooking and if you want to have any fantastic meals and ask me up for recipes after nearly nearly 15 years or so of being a chef now you can see all of my work that I've been doing on there and hopefully gets you inspired and your auntie's setting up a company isn't she Yes, this is a this is something that is a, a great interest to me at, at the moment. My my auntie has spent years training um, in 
various fields of counselling, uh, and she's got qualifications coming out of her eyeballs. Uh, but she's also running a holistic therapies company as well, uh, intermingled with it. So if you're a person who needs somebody to talk to professionally, um, then you can get in touch with her. Or if you're somebody who believes in the power of things like Reiki and crystal healing and things like that, could also contact her but them two i just want to clarify she doesn't use them both in the same time so if you're somebody who doesn't think one or the other would help they are separated by her um, and her business is called safe havens therapies and you can find them on facebook um, and you can contact her and see how she can help at this moment during coronavirus she's doing a lot of online help for people um, because she can't really do much face to face the main reason that I was trying to encourage her to go to set up is because after me losing my leg, that only happened in May just, um, I was meant to be referred to a team for, for helping with depression and counselling and things like that, but not just because of the coronavirus, just because there's a lack of people out there. I never got the referral I was meant to, and hopefully after speaking to me, you can see I'm probably a person who could have done with it. And so there's a lot of people out there who either are, get, are needing it and not getting the referrals or they're not they're not even asking for the referrals in the first place who so might might watch this and wonder where to start and as i say if they, they want to contact my auntie through that they can fortunately for me because she's a family member i can't use her for the counseling services uh, because it doesn't really work like that but if anyone else can there's something there of, of course if you didn't want to contact her then do try to find someone and some somewhere to go something that's something to talk about with people well what you always say on this show and it's one of our favorite mottos you've got to find your medicine be it hypnotherapy um reiki counseling whatever it is whether it's just phoning up an old pal or another great form of therapy and this has always helped me through life go and talk to a stranger at a bar because you'll probably never see that bloke ever again and that's the beauty of the samaritans and the virus you open up your soul to someone who gives a kipper's dick what he thinks because you're never going to see him again and if that's the way that helps you start talking then that's your medicine what's been what's been your particular form of medicine sean uh, honestly it's been opening up um and i keep putting things out on instagram on facebook on things like that that at first was if anyone needs to talk talk to me and what i really meant was i need to talk will you, will you come and talk to me um, and I have found so much help through similarities from other people that I, I don't feel in my own boat anymore. Um, we're all in the same storm. We're just getting through the water in different ways, aren't we? And I'm finding that some people are swimming through it in a boat and some people are in the water drowning. But because we're all in the same storm, I'm finding it a lot easier to cope with by opening up to people. So my, my personal way, as I say, was just putting out instagram things to people if you need to talk talk to me and i've had so many strangers get in touch with me um and this, this is the same to everyone who's watching this at the moment so if you ever feel you need to talk find me on instagram come and talk to me and it'll never get repeated to anyone i'm not not a professional i'm not somebody who has to go to the police about what you're telling me or i have to go and take counseling myself because what you've said to me I, i'm just a guy who's having a cup of tea and having a chat that's that um, so that's that's what's personally helped me. But but like you said, everybody needs to find their own coping mechanisms. And without attempting any at all, you're definitely going to fail. 
greatest, greatest road to failure is never never trying. Yeah. It's bang on, bro. Um, before we go, because as I say, sure, we'll, we'll get you back on because you've got so many aspects and in the real world, if you want to come down to us. Oh, definitely. There, definitely. Before I ask you for your quote, is there anything you'd just like to say to anyone out there, any younger people, any younger Sean's or any people out there, give them a message? Not so much younger people. I want to say to, to anyone out there who's sincerely going through dark times in your head at the moment and you feel like you've got no one to turn to, everybody wants to know your story, whether that's somebody else who's in a dark place because they need somebody else to know that they're not alone in that dark place or it's somebody who's in a great place because they can help you get to where they are. Everybody's far more willing to help you than you probably realise and stop judging yourself so much to think that you're not allowed to ask for help. Everybody is allowed to ask for help and everybody deserves help. So don't sit there in silence suffering on your own. Don't let it become such a stigma to yourself that you feel obliged to avoid it. Get out there, ask for help. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what way it is. It doesn't matter if you openly talk or if you just sit there in silence having a cup of tea and a biscuit. Do something about it today and get out there. That's beautiful, brother. So I'm just going to advertise Thursday show. Thursday is just us blokes having a rattle and always feel free. If anyone would like us to talk about anything in particular, send us a message on Facebook, Instagram and all those things I know nothing about. And as always, please write in and comment because it's great having you as the fourth, the fifth person in the room and your, your opinions mean so much to us. And I think Lee's trying to find a way of maybe even having a phone-in show, aren't you, Mr. Gadman? Uh, it won't be quite a phone-in show, but um, if people have got a question and want to want to join us to ask that question in person, um, I will uh, put the our email address in the link and we'll invite you on to ask that question. Uh, so, yeah, come and come and talk to us. Aren't we getting posh considering we were four blokes and me as the only common friend sitting around there pre-recording on my phone? And, you know, a year and a half later, look what we're achieving. And we've got so many ideas in the pan now. Hopefully in two weeks, we're going to be setting up a um, counselling session. It's not like an AA meeting, but we're going to get together as blokes and just talk. And then hopefully it's going to bridge out into other things. And when we're in the real world, we're going to be doing boxing as well as it. So we can go and knock the snot out of the bags and sit down and just chew the fat. And we've got so many things on the horizon. It's unbelievable. Stay tuned. So, Sean, have you got any quotes or sayings that have helped you get through life? The only one is, as I was about to say earlier on, the famous German poet named Rokin once said, judge a man not by his last actions, but by his lifetime's worth of actions. Occasionally we make mistakes in life, and occasionally we do things wrong. That doesn't mean we should self-deprivate or judge ourselves harshly on it. Everyone's allowed to make mistakes. As long as you try to keep generically a good path in life and you do all right with things, you're all right. As I say, don't don't beat yourself up too much about making one or two mistakes, no matter how big them mistakes are. Well, brother, thank you ever so much for coming on, and I look forward to talking to you again. You too. It's been nice so to meet you guys. No, thank you, bruv. So, guys, until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Ta-ra a bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta bit.
Listen, listen, listen.